and welcome to Myth Matters, storytelling and conversation about mythology and why myth matters to your life today. I'm your host and personal mythologist, Dr. Katherine Svela. Wherever you may be in this wide, beautiful, crazy world of ours, you are part of this story circle. This is December 24th, and a happy National Eggnog Day and Christmas Eve to you. We celebrated the solstice and a major conjunction between Saturn and Jupiter on the 21st. And this time of year reverberates with themes of necessary darkness before the dawn, the planting of seeds for the future, the possibility of rebirth and hope for renewal. After the events of 2020, I feel deeply connected (laughs) to the energy of rebirth and the fact that, honestly, the process is a bitch, right? It's hard. So this is a good time, a fruitful time, to reflect on today's story, the Sumerian myth of Inanna's descent to the underworld. Anana's story has a lot to offer us in our quest for new metaphors, for new images that we can use to dream our myths forward, as C.G. Jung said, and so our lives. This is the third in a four-part series on Inanna, the goddess who was called Queen of Heaven and Earth. It seems fitting that we will have crossed the threshold into 2021 when I share the fourth and final episode in this series, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. To briefly recap, in the first podcast, I told you the myths of Inanna and the Hulupu tree, how she tended the tree and then made her bed and her throne from it with the aid of the hero Gilgamesh. Anana then went to visit Anki, the gods of water and wisdom. They got drunk together, and Anki gave Anana all of the may, that is the powers and ordering principles of civilization, So Inanna established the symbols of her two sources of power and acquired real power behind those symbols. In the last podcast, I told you the myth about the courtship of Inanna and the shepherd Demuzi. Inanna's brother, the sun god Utu, urges her to accept Demuzi And the two lovers come together in a beautiful and playful fashion that feels familiar and contemporary. It could be a (laughs) rom-com streaming on Netflix right now, or perhaps a few pages from your own love life history. The language of love, sexuality, and fertility, and the many images of an abundant earth and the cycle of life communicate an all-encompassing sacredness that stands in stark contrast 
to the dominant myth and viewpoint in Western culture. Now, the good news is that once you see an idea, like the idea of a soulless planet Earth, for example, um, once you see an idea as a construct, then you realize that it's not a fixed part of your reality. You can begin the process of deconstructing it and changing your thinking, and so your experience, awareness, and behavior. You've got to go to your own roots, so to speak. Those roots, ideas, and this is a good segue to Anana and the myth of her descent to the underworld to visit her sister Arishkagal, the queen of the great below. Once again, my primary source is Anana, Queen of Heaven and Earth by Diane Wolkstein and Samuel Noah Kramer. I invite you to sit back and relax and let the story take you where you need to go right now. Note the moments or details that catch your attention. Whatever it is, this is an opening into the meaning this story holds for you right now. The Descent of Anana. From the great above, Anana opened her ear to the great below. She turned her ear to the ground. Ear and mind are the same word in Sumerian. They both mean receptor of wisdom. Anana walked then to her great cities and to her temples. She decided to leave them all for a time and descend to the underworld. Anana knew that the husband of her sister, Arishkigal, queen of the great below, had recently died. She decided to go down to attend the funeral rites. Anana assembled the seven symbols of her power her crown, her string of small lapis beads, her double strand of beads, her breastplate, her gold ring, her white robe, and the lapis rod and line used to weigh and measure. She carefully adjusted her dark hair and put on her makeup. She put on her jewelry and the royal robes and picked up the lapis measuring rod. She was in her power. There was no mistaking. She was the goddess of heaven and earth, the goddess of love, the royal priestess, and the protector of the great city of Uruk. She was ready. Anana set out. Her faithful advisor and friend, the warrior and goddess of the east, Ninshaber, walked with her. Only the dead went to the underworld. Who can imagine the journey? As they walked, Inanna told Ninchabur of her plans. I'm going into the underworld, she said. If I do not return in three days, go to the gods for help. Set up a great lamentation. Beat the drums and tear at your hair. Go first 
to Father Onley, God of the air, Anon instructed, and cry out that he must not let his daughter be put to death in the underworld. If Onley will not help you, go to my father Nana, God of the moon. And if Nana will not help you, go to Anki, God of wisdom and of the waters. Anki possesses the water and food of life. Surely he won't let me die. Ninchabur agreed to do all of this. They parted ways. When Anana arrived at the outer gates of the underworld, she called out and knocked on the gates to rouse Nettie, the gatekeeper. Let me in, Nettie, she demanded. But he shrugged and asked, Who are you? I'm Anana, Queen of Heaven, she said. If you're really Anana, said Nettie, then what are you doing down here? It's because of my older sister, Anana replied. I know that her husband, Gugulana, the Bull of Heaven, has just died. I've come to witness the funeral rites. Unimpressed, Nettie kept Anana waiting outside the gate while he went to his queen, Erishkagel, to see what she wanted to do. Your sister is here at the gate, he reported, dressed up very fine and anxious to comfort you. Erishkagel bit her lip and thought about this. Bolt each one of my seven gates, she finally said. But let her in. Open each gate only a crack and strip her of her finery piece by piece at each of my gates. Nettie obeyed the words of his queen. He bolted each of the seven gates. Then he opened the outer gate and said to Anana, Enter. When she stepped inside, the crown of the step was removed from her head. What is this? asked Anana. Be quiet, Anana, said the underworld guards. The ways of the underworld are perfect and may not be questioned. When Anana entered the second gate, her string of small lapis beads was removed. Again she objected, questioned. Again she was told, Be quiet, Anana. The ways of the underworld are perfect and may not be questioned. Her double strand of beads was taken from her, her breastplate, her gold ring, the lapis rod and line used to weigh and measure. All were removed one by one. At the seventh gate, Anana's holy robe was taken. She entered Arishkagal's throne room, naked and bowed low. The judges of the underworld murmured and passed judgment upon her. Arishkagal looked at her with the eye of death. She uttered the cry of guilt, and Arishkagal struck her. Anana was turned into a corpse. She was hung like a piece of rotting meat on a hook on the wall. Three days and three nights passed, and Anana did not return. Ninshubur set up a great lamentation. She beat the drums and tore at her hair. Dressed like a beggar, she went to the house of Anli, the god of the air and father to all, as Anana had instructed.
When she entered, she cried out, Oh, Father, Anli, your daughter Anana is trapped in the underworld. Surely you will not let your bright silver be covered with dust. Surely you will not let your lapis be broken into small pieces by the stone cutter. Surely you will not let your fragrant boxwood be cut up for use by the woodworker. Do not let Anana, the goddess of heaven and earth, be put to death in the underworld. Anle listened to Ninshaber. Then he angrily replied, My daughter Anana craved the power of heaven and earth, and she got it. Now Anana has decided to go to the underworld. Well, there are rules in the underworld. She who goes to the dark city stays there. Anli would not help. Ninshaber went next to the house of Nana, the moon god. He was Anana's father. Ninshaber entreated Nana. She said, Oh, Father Nana, your daughter Anana is trapped in the underworld. Surely you will not let your bright silver be covered with dust. Surely you will not let your lapis be broken into small pieces for the stone cutter. Surely you will not let your fragrant boxwood be cut up for use by the woodworker. Do not let Anana, the goddess of heaven and earth, be put to death in the underworld. Nana listened to Ninchaber. When she finished, he also replied angrily, My daughter Anana craved the power of heaven and earth, and she got it. Now Anana has decided to go to the underworld. Well, there are rules in the underworld. She who goes to the dark city stays there. Nana would not help. Now Ninshubur went to the house of Anki, the god of wisdom and the waters. Anki was Anana's maternal grandfather. When Ninshubur saw Anki, she cried out, Oh, Father Anki, your daughter Anana is trapped in the underworld. Surely you will not let your bright silver be covered with dust. Surely you will not let your lapis be broken into small pieces for the stone cutter. Surely you will not let your fragrant boxwood be cut up for use by the woodworker. Do not let Anana, the goddess of heaven and earth, be put to death in the underworld. Father Anki said, What has happened? What has my daughter done? Anana is trapped in the underworld? I am grieved. Anana, the goddess of heaven and earth, cannot be left to die in the underworld. Anki had the ability to make many creatures. He knew something about the underworld. He had attempted to go there himself a long, long time ago. Anki scraped some dirt out from under his fingernails. He took the dirt and he molded two very small creatures, a kugara and a galator. I think of these as androgynous fairies of some sort. 
as the pair flitted around before him, Anki gave them these instructions. Go down to the underworld. Buzz like flies through the cracks in the gates. Look for Arishkagal in her throne room. When you find her, she will be moaning like a woman giving birth. Her clothes will be in disarray. Her hair will be matted. When she cries out, Oh, my insides, my insides, you will fly close and say, Oh, your insides, your insides. When she cries out, Oh, my outsides, my outsides, you will also cry, Oh, your outsides, your outsides. Arishkagal will be pleased with you and offer you a gift. But don't take anything she offers. Just ask for Anana. Then Anki gave the Kugera and the Galator the water of life and the food of life. When she gives you Anana, he told them, sprinkle her with these and she will rise. Then bring her back. The Kugara and the Galator set out for the underworld. Like flies, they slipped through the cracks in the gates and made their way to Arishkagal in her throne room. She was moaning like a woman giving birth. Her clothes were in disarray, and her hair was matted. Arishkagal cried out, Oh, my insides, my insides! The Kugera and the Galator cried out, Oh, your insides, your insides! Arishkagal cried out, Oh, my outsides, my outsides! They also cried out, Oh, your outsides, your outsides. Arishkagel moaned, Oh, my back, my back. Oh, your back, your back, they moaned. Oh, my liver, my liver, groaned Arishkagel. Oh, your liver, your liver, they groaned. Arishkagal, the queen of the great below, stopped. She looked at them. Who are you? she demanded. And why do you comfort me? If you are gods, I thank you. And if you are not, I will give you a great gift. I will give you the water of life. That's not what we want, they said. No? said Arishkagel. Well, then, how about the power to grow grain, the staff of life? No, they said. We do not wish it. What do you want, then? asked Arishkagel. We would like the corpse that hangs on the wall, they said. Arishkagel pursed her lips. I don't know about that, she replied. The corpse belongs to... Anana. The Kugera and the Galatar insist. Whoever, whatever, the corpse is what we want. Arishkagal signaled her servants to take Anana down from the hook. The Kugera and the Galatar sprinkled the corpse with the water and food of life. Anana came back to life. But as Anana was making her way back through the seven gates and reclaiming her powers one by one. 
the judges and demons of the underworld gathered around their queen. No one leaves the underworld unmarked, they said. If Anana wishes to return, she must send someone to take her place. The gala, that is the demons of the underworld, swarmed around Anana. The gala, they have no feeling and no family. They care for nothing that matters to the living, big and small. The gala walked with Anana. The first person they met was Ninshaber. Ninshaber, dressed in dirty sackcloth, ran to greet Anana. She saw the gala and threw herself in the dust at Anana's feet. The demons swirled around them. Walk on, Anana. We'll take Ninshaber, they said. Oh, no, said Anana. Ninshaber is my loyal friend and trusted advisor. Because of her, my life was saved. You cannot take Ninshaber. Very well, the gala said. We'll walk on further with you. Now Anana walked past one of her holy shrines. Her son, Shara, was there praying for her safe return. Shara, dressed in dirty sackcloth, ran to greet Anana. He saw the gala and threw himself in the dust at Anana's feet. The demons swirled around them. Walk on, Anana, they said. We'll take Shara. No, no, said Anana. Shara is my son who sings to me and combs my hair. You cannot take Shara. Very well, the gala said. We'll walk on further with you. Now Anana walked past another of her holy shrines. Her son Lulala was there praying for her safe return. Lulala, dressed in dirty sackcloth, ran to greet Anana. He saw the gala and threw himself in the dust at Anana's feet. The demons swirled around them. Walk on, Anana, they said. We'll take Lulala. No, said Anana. Lulala is my son and my leader among men. You cannot take Lulala. Very well, the gala said. We'll walk on further with you. We will go to the big apple tree in Uruk. Anana and the flock of underworld demons walked on. Outside the walls of the great city of Uruk, they found King Demuzi, Anana's husband, by the big apple tree. Demuzi was sitting on his magnificent throne, wearing his crown. When he saw Anana, he didn't move. The gala grabbed Demuzi by the arms and by the thighs. Anana fixed her husband with the eye of death and said, Take him. Take Demuzi away. The gala started to beat Demuzi. He cried out to Utu, the sun god. Utu, he said, I am your brother-in-law, the husband that you chose for Anana. You are a merciful god. Please let me escape. Turn my hands and feet into the hands and feet of a snake and help me slip away. Utu heard Demuzi's prayer, and the gala 
could not hold him. And that's the end of the Sumerian myth of the descent of Inanna. Clearly there's more, (laughs) and we'll pick back up with Demuzi and his adventure in the next podcast, which will be the first one in 2021. Now, this is an iconic myth, perhaps the oldest one that we have, that describes a psychological and spiritual journey that you may be called or forced to make. We often refer to our dark night of the soul, to the times of our deepest struggles as an underworld journey. Now, I may make some summarizing observations about this myth after we find out what happens to Demuzi. For now, I encourage you to reflect on your moment in the story, to meditate on the detail that got your attention over the coming week, and let it be part of your process of bringing 2020 to a close. The part of the story that resonates most deeply with me right now is the opening lines. Anana turns her ear to the ground. She has a sense that there is something that she needs down there. However ill-informed she may be, <laughs> about the rules of the great below. She knows that it might be dangerous and makes a plan with Ninchaber. But she goes. And she submits at each of the seven gates. At every challenge, Inanna invests more. She gives more up. She allows herself to be stripped bare. That's very powerful. That's an image of transformation that combines surrender with strength. In my meditation on this moment, on what it might mean to turn your ear to the ground, I run into this paradox. If you are grounded in your own value, if you know and treasure yourself, you can seek to be more. You can be open to the sacrifice of that precious self in order to discover what else you can become. You can transform. What else can you become? What else can we become together in the days ahead? Enough, right? It's Christmas Eve (laughs) and the eggnog is waiting. And it seems fitting to end 2020 with an open question. Welcome to the new subscribers. And if you've been listening to Myth Matters for a while, then thank you. Thank you for making this podcast part of your life. I am so grateful for your presence. I hope that you're moved to share this podcast with your family and friends and to bring other folks into this story circle. I want to give a shout-out to four special patrons of Myth Matters who have made monthly contributions in support of this podcast for four years. Mark Brady, 
Fred Burke, Cheryl Cox, and Carrie Dean. You are awesome, my friends. If you are finding value in Myth Matters, then please join me in sending a heartfelt thank you right this moment (laughs) to these folks and to the other patrons on Patreon and supporters on Bandcamp who, through a few dollars a month, are making it possible for us to meet in the digital story circle of this podcast. And that's it for me, Catherine Savela and Myth Matters. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you a happy and safe holiday season. See you on the other side of 2020, my friend. And until then, happy myth-making and keep the mystery in your life alive.